right along. How often uh, you know, do you get a chance to uh, spend time with Bobby Knight these days, Coach? Oh, we talk quite a bit. Uh, I had talked to him about a month, and uh, he called me. He's heading for Argentina. Next time he called, he was heading for British Columbia. Yep. The, the, the guy kind of likes out of doors, doesn't he? Yeah, I think just a tad. I definitely <laughs> do. He's the outdoorsman, that's for sure. Frank is back with us from Central El Paso. Frank, you're on with the coach. Thanks for the call. How you doing, Frank? Let's try that one more time. Frank, are you on the line? I'm on the line. Okay, go Excellent. ahead. Excellent. Excellent call. Coach, how you doing? Doing Steve? fine, Frank. How are you? I'm fantastic. Let me tell you, that was an excellent, that was one of the best interviews I've heard in a long, long time. Love that interview. Well, uh, well you know, I mean, Coach, you've, you've known him forever, so, I mean, he's almost like a like a brother to y'all. So, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I knew Bob when he was a young guy. Oh. Well, come think of it, I was a pretty young guy, too, then. That's well, right. We all, we all go in our system there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, the, the, the reason I, I called in tonight, you know, you, you touched on the AAU. You had a little bit of a distaste in your mouth concerning them. You know, I, I'm just wondering how much influence, I mean, you know, percentage-wise, does the AAU have in, you know, determining recruiting? And do you have any suggestions on how the NCAA can kind of curb this? I mean, you, you spoke about... You know, you, you're getting in trouble for giving a guy a ride, uh, you know, across town with Ellenberger, but then, I mean, somebody gives him a literal ride in a, in a Mercedes, you know? Uh, how, great, how, great question, Frank. Yeah. Great question. It, it is. It's a hell of a question. I wish I had the answer. But uh, they tell me that the NCAA finally is... Uh, uh, you know, trying to find out some things. I, th I think it's pretty wide open. Uh, I know a year ago, Bob Knight lost a player because he wouldn't talk. He would talk to his high school coach, but he wouldn't talk to the AAU coach. Right. And uh, I know that's happening. And uh, right now, uh, a lot of schools, they don't even talk to the high school coach. They go straight to the guy that coaches them in the summer, takes them all over the country. Uh, I, I can't say for sure who's tied in with it, but they say uh, a lot of shoe companies. Uh, I wouldn't want to have to. Uh, uh, um, I wouldn't want to have to uh, back that up by no saying I know absolutely for sure. It's things I've heard from coaches around the country. Yeah. All right. I, I don't like it. Frank, nice job on the question. Appreciate the call tonight. Thank you so much. You all have a nice day. Thank eight, you, Frank. 880-5763. 880-KROD. Let's go to Tony next from the west side of town. Tony, you're up next on the Don Haskins Show. Thanks for the call. Hey, Steve. Coach, how are you? How are you doing? Doing well. Coach, that was a great interview. Thanks to KROD for having uh, Coach Knight on with you. Uh, I hope uh, Steve recorded it and they can replay that over and over Oh, um, the one thing, Coach, of all the players, you guys were talking about all the great players you had through the years, but for me, the main guy that always stands in my mind, and perhaps he wasn't the star player at UTIP, but it was Juden Smith, and I'll never forget that, man. Well, um, i tell you what, Juden Smith was a star player. Um, he... He was a guy that was unrecruited from New Orleans. 
he went to St. Augustine High School. And uh, Gus Bailey, who played for me in the uh, uh, 60s, was playing with the New Orleans Jazz. And Gus kept telling me, he said, I'm seeing this guy on the playground, and he's a heck of a player. And I said, why didn't anyone recruit him? He said, I have no idea. So after Gus called me several times, he said, it's no mistake and all that, we brought Juden for a visit. And uh, I guess he had no other place to go. He was 6'2", and athletic, and he grew to 6'6", and become, I'll tell you what, he would have been an NBA player if he could shot it a little better. But uh, great defender, great leaper. Uh, he was drafted in the NBA draft, just didn't get a chance to make a team, but I believe he was actually selected after the senior year because back in those days, the draft was about six or seven rounds, Coach. I, I don't remember, but uh, he got married and pursued, uh, uh, he and his wife, uh, I don't know how... Uh, she was an airline uh, stewardess, mm -hmm. and they bought up some apartments in Dallas. I haven't heard from Juden in years. He's not the guy to, kind of guy to call you. Yeah. And he's very quiet, very uh, to himself. But uh, I've heard from several of the players say they've really done quite well. Good but stuff. Uh, that's a good guy to bring up because he was absolutely he could yeah. play, he could play on any team I had. Yeah, I remember when you would bring him in, he was like the crasher off the board. If he'd come in, you know something spectacular was going to happen up court. And um, I, I just remember him very well. And, um, okay, well, thank you, Coach. Tony, hey, I'll tell you what, you uh, uh, brought back a memory of a, of a great player. I, uh, Juden played both ends of the floor, and you said he wasn't. He could play it on any team I ever had. 880-5763-880-KROD is our telephone number if you want to get in to the Hall of Famer on the Don Haskins Show tonight from Fuddruckers here on the west side of town. By the way, the uh, Strells used to nickname Juden Smith the Beast because... That was a good name. He was a beast, yeah, without a was. doubt. And uh, it's, it's nice when I get to, we get phone calls like that and, and people get to uh, reminisce a little bit about the uh, minors of old. The... Uh, Teams from the mid-'80s, some still consider that some of their favorite years because you dominated for about a decade uh, going to the NCAA tournament uh, year after year after year. Well, we dominated because uh, I had a guy by the name of Tim Floyd that got us a lot of great players, uh, not too many NBA players. But, you know, when you get a team where you got three or four guys that can go play in Europe, you got a pretty good basketball team. That's pretty good talent. 880-5763-880-KROD as we continue here on the Don Haskins Show. I want to remind you, coming up uh, in just a little bit, Dick Vitale will join us on the phone lines. Here's another guy, someone that has made the successful transition from coaching basketball to broadcasting. And now, as we're going to hear in just a little bit, Coach, uh, he's become, uh, you know, there's nothing else to describe. He's, he's a legend in the uh, broadcast business because of how uh, successful he's been. Well, and uh, as, you, as you're going to hear in the interview, uh, the thing that I love about him most, and you're going to hear this pretty soon, I'll say it, but uh, he came here to a Sun Carnival tournament. And uh, most of them come in that uh, spoke at Sun, you know, and they would get on their plane and fly out. He stayed. Yep. He, he stayed and watched. 
and uh, offered to uh, do a drug uh, clinic for all the kids in town. There's 22 showed up. He stayed an hour and a half, two hours, sweating, and you'd thought he was talking to 12,000. It's awesome. All right, before we go to break, let me go to Frank from the east side of town. He's up next. Frank, thanks for the phone call. You're up on the Don Haskins Show. Hey, how you doing, uh, Coach? How you doing, how you Frank? Doing? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself, Coach? I'm doing fine. No, it's an honor uh, speaking to a legend like yourself, Coach. Well, thank you very much. I'm not that, but uh, uh, <laughs> nice talking to you. Um, you no, know Coach, uh, I had a question. Uh, besides, you know, the greatest player that uh, played for you, which player was uh, the one that gave you a hard time? Which of his players gave him a hard yeah, time? Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of players in different ways give you a hard time. For instance, uh, Bobby Joe Hill almost drove me crazy. We're talking yeah. about a, a great talent, but you couldn't get him to practice hard. You couldn't get David Latin to practice hard. So... Uh, I gave them a hard time back by staying instead of two and a half, three hours. Sometimes we'd stay four hours because that's going to make them do it. And uh, Bobby Joe could have been a great pro. He didn't. He absolutely would rather have taken a whip and just go to practice. And uh, now here is the guy. See, normally this don't happen. Uh, normally guys that play hard are the ones that come through. Uh, when it, you know, when it uh, counts, Bobby Joe wouldn't practice hard, but he could still play in the last five minutes. Yep. He was a superstar, a super superstar in the last five minutes. Never missed free throws, made all the plays, and maybe in the first five minutes he wouldn't do it. Nice phone call, Frank. Good question Thank for you, the Frank. coach. All right, let's take, coach. let's take our break. When we come back, as promised, Dickie V, Dick Vitale will join us next on the phone lines. More of the Don Haskins Show live from Fuddruckers here on the west side of town. Come on down and see us be a part of the show. 5030 North Desert Boulevard. We continue till 8 o'clock, only on News Radio KROD. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. R-O-D. And welcome back, everybody, as uh, we continue here on the Don Haskins Show. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Hall of Fame coach, uh, Don Haskins, live from Fuddruckers here on the west side of town. And as promised, a, a very special night for us. And, uh, Coach, uh, it doesn't get any better than uh, our next guest that we've got on the phone lines right now. Uh, you better believe it. Uh, this is a guy that's the best in be business. I love to listen to him because he knows basketball. And I don't know about that alarm clock he's got that, <laughs> that he hollers real loud at, but I've heard about it. Uh, I think uh, Dick is I, I just if if you got to know him, he's an outstanding person. Let's, and I, I want to tell you a little more about that before we get started. I want to hear that story, but right now, as promised, uh, former coach and a longtime college basketball broadcaster and ambassador, uh, Dick Vitale, joining us next as we continue. First off, Dick, uh, we want to thank you so much for the time and appreciate you joining us here on the Don Haskins Show. Well, it's an honor being on with Don, certainly a Hall of Famer who should have been in the Hall of Fame a lot earlier. If I had any, had any uh, a vote, I certainly would have voted uh, a lot sooner. But I remember coming down to El Paso uh, uh, Don, I don't remember that. I had a great time down there. Spoke at a big function, and just the people were so warm and so unbelievably caring. I, I just had a phenomenal time. What year was that, Dick? Oh, wow. I can't remember, man. I have a tough enough time remembering what I did yesterday. Oh, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And, I, I, Dick, I want to tell all our fans out there a little something about you now. 
uh, as always, your speak. Yeah, you know, it was at the Sun, your speech at the Sun Carnival tournament. Now, most of the guys that came in, we were kind of used to them coming in and making a few bucks, hitting the plane the next morning. But uh, uh, Dick uh, Vitale stayed, and uh, he announced something. He and he spoke on drugs that night to all the teams, as inspirational a speak on speech on drugs as I have ever heard. And he invited all the school kids to come to special events that next day, and he was going to give a speech on drugs. Now the next day comes. And um, I thought there would be busload after busload after busload. And I went down, and I listened to Dick Vitale, and there was 22 kids showed up. Dick, I counted them, and I sat there and listened to you. And this man was in a big sweat at the end of an hour and a half or two hours, and every little kid was looking him right in the eye, listening. And I got a feeling after... The speech you gave, and uh, El Paso missed it because we should have had that place with, uh, we should have had uh, 12,000, uh, 222 what it seats. That's right. But uh, Dick, I'll never forget that. I was always a fan of yours before, but uh, you really, you, I really set you up on a pedestal after that. Well, I'll tell you this, buddy. I, I really love young people. I think, Don, that's what keeps me going. I'm 67. I act about 12. Uh, I just got back from a big football weekend down there with Notre Dame, watched the Irish get beat. But I, I do a lot of speaking. In fact, I'm so excited in about another uh, oh, week or so, I'm going out to speak in Michigan, and there's going to be 17,000, and I'm sharing a microphone with some Giants man, Rudy Giuliani, Colin Powell, and Dick Vitale. I can't believe it, but, but I'll tell you one thing, Don, things have changed certainly for me in my life financially, but I love getting involved, I love getting enthusiastic, I think if you have a passion and love for what you're doing, and you always had it with coaching, a tremendous love, loyalty, that's the thing that impressed me so much about you, was your unbelievable loyalty to your own area, and to want to remain there, and we seem to miss that today in a world of sports, professionally, we see player bounce. I mean, you need a scorecard now each year to figure out who's playing for the Yankees, who's playing for the Giants. I mean, there's no more loyalty. It's all about dollars, dollars, dollars. Um, Dick, uh, it couldn't have been said or now said better. Uh, uh, I want to know about that commercial where you're dunking. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, uh, <clears throat> I presume now that was... Uh, you didn't dunk at basketball well, like that, let, let me tell you this. Great story with that. I just spoke at a big sales convention this summer for them, for the people out of uh, Kraft Foods, for DiGiorno Pizza. And, you know, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno, baby. <laughs> I'm going out doing a commercial for them again in about a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, we're going to be doing a new one. But, uh, you know, I have people actually come up to me. You won't believe this. Come up to me and say, Dick, I didn't know you could jump like <laughs> Dad, Dick, where did you learn to handle a ball like that? And I walk away with my wife and I say, they can't be real, man. They can't be serious. But they had me in a harness. And you're not going to believe this, but I'll admit it here. I was going through a tremendous tough time then with a hernia. And I had scheduled to go in for a hernia operation. And I'm doing this. And I didn't tell those people. Now, I'm in a harness, man. And they 
got me pulling me up above the rim, and we're doing <laughs> take after take because the guy below, who's supposed to be sweeping the floor, wasn't coming in at the right time, and I was ready to start screaming, man, I can't take it. But I had so much fun, especially when they sent me the check, Don. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, Dick, uh, um, uh, one of the things that uh, oh, you that you've always done well is. Uh, you know, when when you analyze the game, uh, you know, there's a lot of these guys, you know, if they're playing a triangle in two, they don't understand, they don't recognize it. And uh, uh, we'll say, you know, just a regular zone, but you explain the game to where a guy that hasn't played, coached, or anything can understand it. Now, you're my favorite in basketball. Uh, John Madden's my favorite in football because you know all those errors he draws. you got a guard pulling here. I don't see that stuff because well, I just you, see the ball. Dick, you know, I want I want it's really amazing, Don, as you say. I always believe you got to try to keep it simple for the fan. I think years ago, my dad watching on TV, and he's a factory worker. My mom sewed coats down our cellar, and I learned so much about from them about work ethic. But I realized that most of the people watching at home are not sophisticated basketball geniuses like Don Askins. I mean, they're people, the everyday person, who you really try, I try, to make it as simple as can be. I think there's a tendency in, in broadcasting, and I'm not talking just basketball, but I think baseball, football, I watch the games this weekend, and I watch baseball games, and they over-technalize it so much. I mean, I watch baseball games where every pitch, there's a reason how he held the seams, how he's taking a step off first base. I mean, come on, don't make it that complicated, man. He's got a lumber in his hand. The other guy's throwing a little white ball. The idea is to hit that ball and to get around the bases. And I, and I think, I'd rather hear stories about the players. I'd rather hear about the coaches. And, and I'm glad you said that because I don't try to play for my buddies at home who are coaches. And I think there's a tendency when guys start to analyze games, they want to impress their peers that they know the game. First of all, you wouldn't be coaching on a major college level and not know the game of basketball. Now, whether you can get your concepts across, that's something else. But knowing the game, i got to believe, Don, that most people that coach at a big-time level know the game. That's that's true, Dick. I want to ask you one thing, and I want to—I uh, never have known for sure if it's true. I've heard you're one of the greatest free throw shooters in the world. I'm what now? Great free throw shooter. Well, you know, I tell you what, I really—I'm not bad. I can tell you I've, that. I've one heard eye, that for years. One eye and bold. I am <laughs> not bad, and I tell you one thing: it frustrates the hell out of me when I see some of these guys who make mega, mega dollars brick one after another. I mean, I watch Shaquille O'Neal now, and I love Shaquille. He's a beautiful guy. He's got a heart of gold. He's super. But I don't believe he works enough during the off season on technique to be able to be a better free throw shooter. And I. I really believe that. I, I think there's no way in the world. I mean, I think it's sad when you got to pay a guy mega, mega dollars, and then you got to take him out of the game late in the game because you know they're going to follow him deliberately. 
Dick, I'm wondering, when you were a college coach, uh, we've heard stories here locally about how Coach Haskins had actually challenged his recruits to a free throw contest. And when he beat them in free throws, they came to Texas El Paso, then Texas Western. That was part of his uh, recruiting technique. Uh, uh, did, it's probably a recruiting violation, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, ever, you ever have any stories like that, Dick? Well, you know, I used to challenge him in a different way. If I made a couple, I made him run the stands, man. Made him run sprints, run the stands. I never stands. thought of that. Yeah, I used to do that. I, I believe, you know, you get people out there. We used to really stress to them, make an X number in a row before you can leave. I never was a believer in a guy saying, well, shoot 100 free throws, quantity. Because guys go there, it's one after another. Boom, boom, boom. I would always give them challenges. Got to make five in a row right now. You make five in a row, practice is over. Don't run into stands. <laughs> Let's do this. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with Dick Vitale as the Don Haskins Show continues from Fuddruckers West. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. And welcome back. As we continue more of the Don Haskins Show, again, our special guest on the phone lines right now, Dick EV. It's Dick Vitale. And Dick, uh, as we continue, when did you first learn of the name Don Haskins? Oh, my, I've been a basketball fanatic all my life, and I certainly knew about him uh, prior to me getting into college coaching. I knew about him when I was a high school coach, and certainly his defensive ability, uh, the way he taught defense, his discipline offensively, shot selection, put a great emphasis on getting good shots, and Don will be the first to tell you, I think one of the things lacking today in college basketball, that's why certain guys win all the time, is obviously you need players. I mean, there's no question about that, but I've seen talented teams take bad shots and shoot themselves right out of games. You watch a Duke team play or a North Carolina, or you watch, for example, a Bobby Knight team, they're not going to get beat because they take bad shots. They're going to get beat because the other team might be better, but they understand who's supposed to shoot the ball, where to shoot the ball, and that's the thing I learned so much about hearing about Don Haskins uh, when I used to run coaching clinics, and I'd hear the other coaches talk about him and say, oh, wow, I know Bobby Knight has always been a great believer in Don and the things he taught. But I owe Don something, Steve. I never said this, and I should. I should even write about it, but I didn't. And that's really my fault. I became a college coach at the University of Detroit because of Don Haskins. Don, tell him why I became the coach at Detroit. Well, um, I'll tell you what, uh, Dick. I got back here and there was too many people. And uh, uh, it was just strange. You know, I'm, I'm uh, from Oklahoma originally, and, and I come out here, and, and uh, uh, Dick, if you ever coached in El Paso, Texas, and then you made a one-day trip to Detroit, you probably wouldn't have gone there either. But uh, the fans are fanatics out here in football, basketball. Uh, they'll hang with you all the way. You know, I've had some bad years, and and uh, the fans always made it easy because they did come, and uh, uh, and it was always great support, as uh, Steve will tell you. But, but one day, one day was all you had in Detroit. That was it, Coach, and then back to El Paso, and uh, I guess Dick I'm, Vitale could probably thank you for the rest of his life for that. Yeah, I can because and I ended up had, getting uh, the job. I you, got the job, and, and the people there treated me great. I have to say that, but, you know, I was excited because that was my first head coaching job. I had been an assistant at Rutgers, and I was just about ready to take a job anywhere, and I didn't know anybody in Detroit. And I'll tell you this. 
I will never forget one of the first interviews I did in Detroit. I was told by the media guy, how does it feel to be where you don't belong, where you're not wanted? I couldn't believe it. I was like stunned. And that was my welcome. But uh, after a while, the one thing about Detroit people I, I did learn, they have such a love, blue-collar people who love sports. And they really supported me big time. And I was very blessed and lucky. So I thank you, Don Haskins. I thank you for letting me get my chance. Hey, uh, Dick, uh, I had a little guard here that I, ha- I hated to leave, uh, Nate Archibald. Not bad. Uh, not bad. And you got an old boy, my name is Spencer Haywood. Yeah, we, you know, Spencer was there prior to me. I actually was there with uh, Bob Callahan. And then I had oh, Terry. Oh, I, I thought you had no, uh, Spencer. No, I, I had Terry Tyler, John Long, okay. Terry Durod, and we ended up having some. Spencer was there before I arrived. Hi. I would have loved, I would have loved to have Coach Spencer because, you know, he was the first guy that became part of that terminology hardship rule and uh, uh, certainly was a great, great player, but he played under Bob Callahan. Actually, in high school, he played under Will Robinson, who became the first right. African-American ever to get a Division One job. And I always felt that Will Robinson got a raw deal, should have been the coach at the University of Detroit before me. Well, uh, they made a good choice, Dick. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, you, you said something a while ago that I think is so true. You know, when I listen to you, uh, when I'm listening to you broadcast, uh, you got a true love for the game and sports. And all the things you said a while ago about discipline and all that, uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna coach in any sport, you gotta, you know, you gotta do some things uh, the right way. And not everybody's gonna get all the talent. But uh, the thing that you said reminds me of things that I say once in a while. Uh, the two of us, and like Steve Kaplowitz here who loves what he's doing, not everybody gets to do what they love. And you do, and I did. I, it was, uh, I couldn't have been a banker. I, I couldn't have uh, uh, been a businessman of any kind. Uh, uh, you know, coaching is real funny. You kind of set your own times and and of course, you know, the times get a little late sometimes, you know. Well, you know, what happened in my life, Don, when I got fired by the Pistons after going to the NBA, ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the time, I was very really down about it, depressed. I was getting lots of offers from the uh, business community out in the Detroit area in terms of marketing and sales. And I told my wife, I said, I can't take those jobs. They're a lot of money, but I'll be so unhappy. I said, I got to be in a gym. I got to be coaching. I got to be around basketball. That's my life. And I tell you, it was a great learning experience for me because my life had been on such a high in terms of I was blessed to coach some good kids in high school. We won several state championships. Then I went to college at Rutgers and got lucky and we got some good kids. They ultimately went to the Final Four in 76. I got the Detroit job because of that and recruiting and I get that job. Things go great there. I get offered the Pistons job. I mean, I went from the 6th grade in 1970 teaching the 6th grade in a matter of seven and a half years to the NBA as a head coach. And then all of a sudden, bam, 
I get fired. And now you find out who your friends are. Yeah. Everybody disappears. Your family hangs close to you. But everybody you thought were a friend, they became associates. People don't return phone calls. And I'm getting these offers, and I'm telling my wife, I can't do it. Well, I became very depressed. Lucky for me, all of a sudden, I get a phone call about ESPN. First time the guy said that to me, we want you to do our first game, the Paul Wisconsin. I said, hey, let me tell you, man, ESPN sounds like a disease. I want to get back coaching in college. I don't ESPN. Well, he, he sort of stayed after me for about two weeks. I ended up doing that game. And I'll tell you, Don, never in my wildest dreams did I think 28 years later I'd still be on TV. And I can tell you this, it's been a journey that's been unbelievable because it's led to where I've had seven books, I've got videos, I've got bobbleheads, basketballs, <laughs> t-shirts. I pinch myself, like you said. I have not worked a day in my life. My father worked. My mother worked. I watched my father go down our, my father go to work every morning pressing coats. The more we pressed, the more money he made. My mother, I watched her go down our cellar after a stroke, and she sewed coats. Now, that was work. My father then would come home, and then he'd be a security guard at night and work till 12 midnight, walk in the mall. And that was our existence for a lot of years. But I learned about work ethic. I learned about family. I learned about loyalty. I learned about love. And I'm going to tell you, the day they take me down, man, the one thing I'm very proud of, I grew up in a family with so much love. I mean, you know, my parents weren't educated, but I tell people all the time when I speak, they had a doctorate of love. And they taught me the right values in life. If you treat people with respect, people are going to treat you with respect. Uh, Dick, uh, right quick, I want to say this. My dad was a truck driver, and I, uh, uh, you know, come up during the Depression. And um, I, I tell you what, things were, uh, things were very tough, and I think I learned a lot of the things that you're talking about. He learned it at home. You know, we learned in the olden days uh, uh, things were a little different. And I, I think we developed a sense of work ethic and pride and, and, and a pride in ourselves. I, I know I look back in my days, and I feel now I'm at a stage of my life. I want to give back. And we just had a major event at my house, Don, to raise money for cancer, and I had all the coaches come in, and a lot of people in this area, uh, people like Rondé Barber from the Bucks, a football star, I Billy Donovan who won the national championship of Florida, and all my buddies from ESPN, and we raised close to a half a million dollars uh-huh. for my buddy Jimmy Valvano for the V Foundation. In fact, anybody that would like to help us try to beat that disease that affects all of us, whether you're rich, poor, white, black, Catholic, Jewish, it doesn't matter, man. That disease brings you to your knees, cancer. And if you want to beat it, call 1-800-4-JIMMY-V and make a donation. Because I'm telling you, we have to stop that disease out. It destroys too many beautiful people. Oh, Dick, it's, uh, that's great. And, you know, I heard something about that. And uh, um, uh, Steve uh, got that number, and I promise you in this area... Uh, they will know it. Absolutely. We'll make sure we mention it as long as uh, people are also in the in, you know looking about uh, mentioning things uh, online. DickVitalOnline.com. We've got, uh, as you mentioned, books, bobbleheads. Uh, the latest book, Dick Vital's Living a Dream, talking about 25 years sitting in the best seat of the house uh, with uh, Dick Hoops Weiss, the forward by Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. A lot of great things to check out on the website, DickVitalOnline.com. Dick, before we let you go, I, 
know you uh, touched on earlier, uh, Glory Road. You had a chance to uh, see that a while back. Uh, what were your re- what was your reaction to the movie? Well, you know, it was really very emotional for me to watch that. I, I we had a special screening. I remember we were doing a game, and it before it hit the movies, they asked us to look at it, and I was really touched. Uh, uh, just uh, so emotional to think that some of those things went on. I, I was asking Don off the air. I might as well ask him on the air. Don, how much of a license in terms of Hollywood did they take in terms of validity in the movie? It was 96% true. Of course, the, the scene at uh, East Texas, uh, um, I had a heck of a problem in uh, uh, Dallas the next year, and uh, my room... I got trashed. I got calls all day. They had the FBI, uh, the police there. And, uh, Dick, I didn't ever say anything, and I kept it out of the press because I felt like that would be worse the next place we went. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen that happen uh, before. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't that concerned. I was just concerned you know, you got a bunch of kids out there, and I don't understand. Now, the part at the end about having me telling seven black players are going to play, no. Now, you know that didn't happen. Right, right. Now, about two weeks after the game was over, I had a friend of mine, Stretch Elliott. Right. And he said, are you aware you only played the black players? And I said, no, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was thing, Don. Had I been at Detroit? I'm telling you this now, my friend. Had I been in Detroit at the time, in about the 60s, I was in high school, there was a young man from out of Highland Park, Michigan, right by Detroit. I would have not let him get out of the city, man. Oh, I'll tell you what, you're right. He, Bobby Joe Hill is a great player. Dick, uh, you knew he passed away. Yes, uh, I heard that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, i never seen a guy that could turn it on, turn it off. I, he hated practice with passion. But he could, in the last five minutes of the game, and he was a great leader, and most of your leaders, you know, are your hardest workers. Right, exactly. Well, uh, sometimes we'd stay five hours of practice just because Bobby Joe and Latin well, wouldn't practice hard. and I was hard-headed enough I was going to get my way. Hey, let me and, ask you this, Don. Why didn't he play at the next level? He didn't want to, to why I just said. He, he went to work at El Paso Natural Gas, and uh, Dick, I promise you, he was as good as Nate Archibald and Tim Hardaway. Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable story. And I, I, Yes, I was very impressed. In fact, I had given it a quote for the people to utilize, and I just simply said, awesome, baby, with a capital A. You know what else, Steve? <laughs> if people go to my website, it's not only my merchandise. I'm very proud that every day I put a new story up involving the game of basketball or sports. If you go up to my website, you can get my preseason top 40. Nice. I'll lay on you guys right now my top clubs. I have North Carolina to you're winning it all. I have Florida number two, Kansas three, Ohio State four, UCLA five, Pittsburgh six, LSU seven. That's my super seven. Uh, my All-American first team. You can get my All-Rose race teams. My first team is Tyler Hansbro from North Carolina, Joakim Noah from Florida, Brandon Rush, Kansas, Aaron Aflalo from UCLA, and Jarius Jackson at Texas Tech, where Bobby Knight 
this year, Don, will become the winningest coach in the history of college basketball. And I'll tell you what, he's done it the right way, Dick. Yes, he has. Yes, and that's yes, the point that annoys it. me. When I go to Indiana, and I'll say it again this year, I'm doing Indiana's first game, and you can guarantee and take it to the bank, and they don't like hearing this, but I simply say, in a day and age when we're naming floors after successful coaches all over this nation, I said it is sad and it's ludicrous to believe that the when you look at the Hoosier Assembly Hall, that that is not named the Robert Montgomery Knight Center. I agree, Dick. I agree all the way. That uh, Maybe you can stir that up a little bit. I will. Take uh, it to the bag. I now, will. Very nice. Now, at, uh, the player he um, ha- uh, at Tech, what, what did you say his name was? Jerry's Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a great point guard. Oh, He's he a is. terrific point guard. Yeah. Tell you what, you want to hear more from uh, Dick Vitale? Get ready for ESPN college basketball season right around the corner. You can go online as well, dickvitaleonline.com. It's got everything you need to get ready for college hoops. Dick, we can't thank you enough for all of the time you spent with us today, and uh, let's definitely get a chance to have you back on down the road on the Don Haskins Show. Hey, Steve, I'd love to. Hey, I, hey, I'm hey, thank you. I, thank I just... you so much. 600 ESPN El Paso. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from uh, Fuddruckers here on the west side of town, 5030 North Desert Boulevard, final few minutes of the Don Haskins Show. An incredible night, Dick Vitale, Bobby Knight joining us on the phone lines. If you want to duck one in before we wrap things up, you still have a shot for that $50 Border Bucks card from Howdy's. Give us a call tonight, 880-5763-880-KRD. Want to remind you once again that this Friday you can enjoy music on the patio. Starts at 6 o'clock, features Brown Betty, you got dollar off appetizers, dollar kazis, and $1 Coors cans. So come on down, 6 o'clock Friday. It starts up music on the patio with Brown Betty here at Fuddruckers on the west side of town. Also, Coach, want to thank all the great folks, and there's been many tonight that have been out here purchasing a copy of uh, Glory Road. It's been unbelievable. They've, they've been great. Uh, we've sold quite a few books. Yes. And uh, I've got a bunch of them still laying around if... Uh, People uh, need them. Uh, Dan Wetzel sits some down, and uh, we sold some out at the Saddle Blanket Company the other day. And Very nice. It's unbelievable how many people come back because it wasn't advertised. But uh, How was that book fair, by the oh, way? Oh, it was great. It was great. You know, a uh, fella uh, that came down, I sat with Wyman Menzer, mm-hmm. who's a great photographer. His dad hired me at, at Benjamin, Texas. Really? Yeah. So Wyman and I have known each other a good while. He was about four or five years old when uh, uh, when I left there. So I didn't know him then and uh, chased him down. I found out he was a photographer, but he's a great That's guy. Great. Uh, Billy Saul Estes was there. I'm telling you, uh, uh, so many people you can't believe. Coach. There's even some folks from the King Ranch come by. Really? Yes. That's excellent. I got a question for you from one of our uh, one of the uh, people dining here tonight at Fuddruckers. It says, "Coach, do you think that that uh, Team USA would do better if they did not use the professionals? We looked bad the last few years. Your thoughts well, on that?" Well, I, I tell you the uh, the reason we've looked bad, and uh, Mike Shishovsky will uh, he'll get that turned around. Uh, we haven't played well against the zone. See, the pros don't play that much zone. And I don't think they had that much time to prepare, 
prepare for it, but uh, we will win the Olympics. I really believe that. He's a great coach, and he's done a great job of selecting players. And I, uh, I did not think we attacked the uh, zone offense very well, but uh, we will. We will. Three calls today in the last hour. Got to give one away, a $50 Board of Bucks card from Howdy's. First, it was Frank from Central, asked about the AAU influence in college basketball. Tony talked about Juden Smith. And then Frank from East El Paso asked about which players gave you a hard time. Who uh, who are we giving it away? Uh, could we give all three some? No, we That's can't. A, we can't do we it. We can't. We got to pick one. I really liked uh, the first call with Frank from Central about the AAU influence. I thought um, that he hit it right on the nose. And right. It was a good good call today. If it were up to me, I'd give all of them one. But I, I will will do I know that. Frank, well, let's give it Frank, Frank from Bruce. Central. Congratulations, Frank from Central. Want to thank Bobby Knight. Want to also thank Dick Vitale and Sergio Robili. So for the Hall of Famer, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll be back two weeks from tonight at Fud Ruckers, right here on News Radio KROD.